You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Welcome to the San Jose Hockey Now podcast, your trusted source for all things San Jose Sharks on the Hockey Podcast Network. My name is Nick Bloor and joining me as always, but on the road, editor-in-chief of San Jose Hockey Now and my beloved co-host, Shang Peng. Shang, what's going on right now? You're currently on the road back from a very, I I wouldn't say interesting, but an iconic Barracuda game. (laughs) <laughs> yes, uh, Thomas Bordelow's uh, pro debut, and uh, he looked uh, he looked uh, very good. He had uh, three assists, which uh, you'll see. Uh, Liz Child, who was also there, uh, wrote about uh, Thomas's first game um, and some of uh, Roy Sommer's comments. And uh, my uh, impression, uh, you know, going a little uh, deeper beyond uh, the. Some of my tweets and uh, Liz's a uh, terrific story about uh, Thomas's a uh, really triumphant pro debut despite the six three uh, Barracuda loss. Uh, but a couple of things I noticed just just to give you know just to tell you guys what I saw uh, because I spent the entire game literally watching one guy and one guy only. I did not watch anybody else play uh, on a Barracuda. <laughs> uh, maybe notice a couple of plays that Jasper Weatherby made. Uh, watch Nick Chichek a little bit too, because obviously the Sharks just signed him. Uh, for the most part, though, I stuck with uh, Thomas Bortolo and making Thomas Bortolo gifts, which you can see on my Twitter. Uh, but anyway, what I saw from uh, Thomas Bortolo was a guy very, very comfortable uh, in his first pro game. Uh, was not uh, overwhelmed at all by the, I presume, increased pace of the game compared to NCAA action. Uh, very comfortable with the puck. Uh, very comfortable drawing in uh, one four checker, two four checkers in, uh, and then distributing the puck accurately to whoever he was giving it to. Uh, not to say that was a perfect game for Thomas Borlo, and you know, just his first game, so I didn't want to make gifts about it or make a big deal about it. But since you guys are listening and you guys want uh, different stuff, I'm sure than uh, whatever I write or whatever I put out there, and I we. Thank you so much for listening and giving us a chance to give you uh, fresh uh, content, a fresh kind of Sharks thoughts, Barracuda thoughts uh, every time you uh, put on our podcast. Um, I thought that uh, there is going to be that um, he's going to have to learn the plays that he can make at this uh, at this level, uh, at a higher level, that things he could try in Michigan that won't cut it in, uh, in uh, the AHL or the NHL. And specifically, if you want to look back at, 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 at a section of the game, um, I think it was in the second period, the Barracuda had a power play. Um, and a couple of times, you know, trying to distribute the zone, uh, he, he just he made plays that led to direct turnovers. And again, I didn't give it. I saw it. But um, this is his first game, so I, I, don't, I don't want to kill a guy over that. But uh, for those of you that are, let's put this guy right in the NHL. He's ready to be the Sharks' third-line center next year. Uh, you know, let's take a let's take a breath there, and let's look at the full uh, scope of, of of his play. Again, just one game, but a lot of good, more good than bad for sure. But there are still things to iron out there. So that's one thing that I, I noticed there in particular that there's a boldness, a daring. Uh, but sometimes though, they're on plays that they don't need that boldness and daring. You know, uh, sort of that uh, we you see it with uh, Ryan Merkley. Uh, he's learning this. You, we see it with Eric Carlson and Brent Burns. Um, Thomas Bortolo can make some degree a high level of play there, but sometimes the play is not there. Sometimes you got to go with a safer play. Um, so, yeah. So, anyway, the overall, though, uh, was very impressed, though, by, uh, by Bortolo. I didn't know what to expect. I did speak with a – you guys probably saw it in my NBC appearance uh, yesterday. Um, I did speak with a amateur scout in another NHL organization. So – uh, scout that focuses specifically on prospects and that sort of thing, guys outside of the pro hockey realm. And uh, he said that uh, Bordelow's hockey IQ, his skating are right there 
for the for pro hockey. Specifically, he meant AHL hockey. He didn't mean AHL hockey, by the way. Some of you have kind of uh, misconstrued that quote into saying that this guy's ready to step into the NHL. Uh, the scout did not say that. He said the guy's ready to step into pro hockey. That's AHL hockey we're talking about. Um, but uh, anyway, though, yeah, we saw that uh, right uh, right there, uh, uh, right there uh, tonight. Um, anyway, I would uh, I would uh, 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 I recommend that you check out that clip too if you haven't seen it because uh, that uh, scout gave a lot more insight into. Uh, what he actually called uh, uh, kind of a uh, step-back season for Bordelow this year, in his opinion. And you can kind of hear a little bit of why. And there's actually a few more quotes that he gave me that I will put into a story uh, later on. Uh, but, uh, uh, yeah, uh, I think uh, overall, though, again, a uh, great debut. Uh, but let's not uh, put the cart before the horse and uh, – put his uh, jersey up in the rafter of SAP Center. We'll talk about something like that a little bit later with another uh, with another shark. Um, and yeah, let's let, let's let's give him a time to grow and time to mature and uh, time to be a more complete uh, player. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think that's a fair and logical response. I mean, also in that article, uh, that scout says that he thinks Bortolo's ceiling is a very good third line center and that may have come as a bit of a surprise to people because fans have a tendency to overvalue their prospects, I've noticed. Um, yes. If you can get a Philip Deneau out of Thomas Bolo, oh, I feel like you're, you're beyond excited because I mean, if you can yeah, also uh, yeah, if you can also get a Logan Couture out of William Eklund, you've solidified center depth on the team for a decade plus. So getting yeah. that in two drafts almost i believe within a few years of each other is amazing actually back to back yeah he's a 2020 second round pick yep. so um if, if kudos that were the to case, doug yeah yeah exactly kudos to doug jr if that is to uh come to fruition you, obviously you sure kudos yeah yeah because that hasn't happened yet <laughs> yeah but, if, uh, the big if <laughs> the big if but yeah no i want to go back to the point about the note really quick though yeah uh, we talked a lot in this podcast about what the Sharks need uh, to have a better chance of making the playoffs next year. Uh, my number one thing has been that they need to find another center, a third-line center. If the Sharks had signed Deno last offseason when he was available, he would have been perfect. He would have been the model uh, person uh, uh, for that. And I, I want to say, too, uh, I, I was thinking of holding this for the extra article I write uh, from what the scout told me, but I'm going to tell you this. Guys, now just just for laughs, um, and just to give you guys something else uh, kind of exclusive here. So I asked the scout to, to comp uh, uh, Bordolo uh, for me. And the first guy I thought of was, hey, maybe he's like a Nick Benino in his prime. You know, obviously a uh, different kind of player. Uh, Benino is a bigger, uh, more of a gritty, you know, block shots kind of guy, right? But just in terms of production, though, that, you know, maybe we're looking at a Thomas Bordolo being a, uh, 2020 guy, 1525 guy, 1530 guy, something like that, right? Anyway, uh, the scout responded. Uh, actually, he reminds me more of uh, more dynamic Dylan Gambrell. And wow. I, I, <laughs> I don't know how to respond to that. <laughs> I, I, I had to, I had to tell, I had to text him and tell him, yo, I cannot tell my Sharks fan base here, my Sharks readers, that. Thomas Bortolo is Gambro, but better. All right, <laughs> I, 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 I can't, I, I can't go with that. I, I, I understand you're saying stylistically there might be some similarities. Uh, you know, obviously the Nick Bonino stylistic uh, comparison is is a reach, <laughs> but <laughs> I, I cannot. Terrifying. And I, I'm not, I'm not even, I'm not even. Uh, you know, you guys know me. I'm objective. I'm not a fan, but. I know that I can say Gambrel, but better to the Sharks fan base. And, and, and it's intended as a compliment, you know, but yeah. I, I can't sell that. I can't dress that up. And so I was like, can, can you go back again? Can you think about this again? <laughs> and he was kind enough to think about it again and kind of text me 10 minutes later and say, okay, uh, at best, at best, because Philippe Dano is a terrific player. I love Philippe Dano. Philippe Dano is a fringe Selkie candidate. Uh, you know, he, he, 
if you get that out of Thomas Bordalo, uh, you are you're you're pinching yourself. Yeah. So, so yeah, it's not it's not any slight. Uh, if you're talking about arguably, I think on the Kings you might be a second line center, but uh, if talking about like league wide, Daniel could be arguably in that if he's in that role, he's arguably the best third line center in the league. You can win a yeah. lot of games with a, with a guy like that. Um, you could win a whole anyway, playoff uh, series think, against Vegas Golden Knights with a guy like that. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Great point. And so he came back with with Daniel. And I, uh, I I laugh and thank them uh, very much and uh, yeah. <laughs> so that's 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 very nice of him. It's very kind of him to uh, <laughs> to change that answer. Yes, <laughs> yes. You were about yes. to give a lot of Sharks fans PTSD. You're like, dude, I can't do this. There's no Liter- way I can do well, this. Well, yeah, literally, it was uh, about an hour before my TV appearance yesterday, and so uh, I wanted to. You know, give a something fresh to the TV appearance, and uh, and 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 hear what a, a you know amateur scout uh, for AHL team had seen of Bordalo this year, and and if I was going to say uh, step back this year, yeah, bro, but better. <laughs> yeah, doesn't, doesn't I, I, feel I don't want to. I don't want to see those imaginary replies. So. <laughs> yeah, you can already hear the comment section. The ratio, like the, right? The Kermit GIF just typing away on that typewriter. <laughs> but uh, another the, the, thing your, about your, your your boys, your your scouts are trying to lower Borrello's value. So 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 yeah. so that team could trade for him. That's so why that's why favorite won that. Anyway, go ahead. I'm oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was just talking about uh, just kind of going back to his two way game. There, you mm-hmm. I believe you actually posted a GIF of it. The I almost said the Sharks. The Cuda were down. It was about five minutes, six minutes into the uh, second period. Cuda were down three to two, and he's forechecking. The Bakersfield defenseman tries to pass it over, and he just yep. picks the pass off, goes through the middle, little mini breakaway there. And it just, just seems like if you can do those types of things consistently in the NHL, given time, of course, uh, to mature and develop as a player, <laughs> Then honestly, it's a it's a home run hit for the Sharks. If I'm being honest. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And uh, yeah, the thing, I I didn't say much about that play only because I couldn't quite tell watching it and uh, looking at the grainy AHL feed how much of it was uh, just a bad play by that defenseman or did Bordalo sell him a little bit because that's sort of what you think a play like that that bad a turnover is rare at really any level, right? And mm-hmm. so did Bordalo kind of sell that like he wasn't really. Uh, you know, basically, did he surprise that defenseman there? Uh, well, the play that, that I will say, oh, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, because I'm looking at it now. You're in the car. I'm on my computer. I can kind of look at it. It looks like the defenseman's looking up ice and then tries to do yeah. a quick no look over to his defense partner. Bortolo's stick, it's like he's trying to draw Bortolo's stick to his left side to try to, you know, intercept the pass going up the ice. But Bortolo stays true. He keeps his stick on the ice and then he just. Yeah sticks it out there and grabs it. Now that might be my very inexperienced eyes looking at this. It just, from what I'm seeing over and over in this GIF, it just seems like he was patient and he didn't bite on anything the defender was giving him and mm-hmm. kind of felt that that pass was coming. So I'm going to give him Well, yeah, there. yeah, no, that may well be the case. Yeah, I couldn't quite tell, but I believe it, it was a veteran age of defenseman too. I think it was Descharnay. I believe I could be wrong about that, about the, the defenseman and also that player's uh, uh, a professional background. But the other play that really stood out to me that I could see, uh, despite the, the grainy AHL feed, and I asked uh, Thomas about it, and he confirmed it, was uh, his first assist. And that uh, wasn't just the, you know, the hard shot that surprised Stuart Skinner, who has done very well in the NHL this year, too, by the way. So was, this is not some backup you know, AHL goalie here. But uh, that he looked off Skinner, and he sold to Skinner that he was – Bordalo sold the Skinner the whole time that 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 he was just going to pass to to Peterson, and instead he just ripped the shot uh, while looking at Peterson, and that's what kind of caught Skinner off guard, and uh, you know and allowed a Peterson for the easy put back a rebound, and that's high IQ, you know, impressive stuff from uh, from from Thomas uh, right there, and yeah. uh, you know if he can continue that, you know, first game of course, you know that high and. No one knows what to make of him, so no one's game planning against him. But 
if he keeps doing things like that, of course, up to the NHL level, then, um, yeah, you know, Gambrel, but better. Yeah. <laughs> and you were right. It was Vincent Descharnay. So okay. I, had to, I had to vet that for you. I know you always like to know. Um, yes, but yeah, I do. No, Thank it's, you. Yeah. That was a great. It was a great no-look shot as well, just taking a look. This is the benefit of me being able to look at these clips while you're talking about them. It, he, you can see the whole way he's staring over at Peterson, and he just goes, and he just rips one. And Skinner had no idea where it was. He, right, he goes right, and tries right. to flash the glove at it and get, you know, get big as a goalie and suck in the puck, but it just trickles out behind him, and he had no clue. So, again, yep. it's another great play from Thomas, and look forward one of those. to – no, go ahead. Hundred percent, yeah. One of those hundred percent, like a less skilled player, uh, a player that can't sell the fake as hard as I mean, as confidently as Borlow could. There, um, Skinner is ready for that shot. He just catches it, or he's able to uh, fight it off to at least to uh, to a corner where where it's not dangerous to him. So that's one hundred percent not a lucky assist. That is a that's a play. It's going to show up as a primary assist, but it also was something too that. If it's not a Bordalo or a player of a high skill doing that, selling that, that fake, that uh, that's not an assist. That's not that's not going to be a goal right there. Yeah, exactly. The assist doesn't even show up on the score sheet if that level of play uh, doesn't come out. So yeah. Well, Shang, uh, any other thoughts? The any other early diagnostics we want to throw on Young Thomas or? Uh... <laughs> no, just it's just, it just one game. So uh, yeah, let's uh, let let's see what he does. Um, uh, yeah, we'll we'll see if uh, if he comes to the NHL this year. Not sure if he will, um, but yeah, but... yeah. Uh, obviously, uh, uh, obviously, the banner debut for him and uh, much needed to uh, for the Sharks organization to to see a guy like that. Um, Doug Wilson Jr. talked about that to the Mercury News that Thomas has the ability to drive that puck through the skate that puck through the middle and make plays. Uh, the Sharks don't have a lot of centermen like that at the moment uh, in their mm-hmm. system. Um, and I think Roy mentioned uh, just uh, Thomas's ability to kind of uh, just connect on plays. To uh, and there aren't a lot of Barracuda players who can do that right now. Barracuda are in the midst of a twelve-game losing streak, I believe, and so yeah. So he's he he's a real uh, a shot in the arm to the Barracuda, and hopefully uh, to to the to the Sharks uh, this year or next year. One final comment, one final uh, tidbit about Bordalo. the brightest reddest socks I have seen <laughs> since my son played t-ball, only because he plays for the Red Sox team. But <laughs> what's your thoughts on the socks, man? I think they, they look great with his uh, all black ensemble there. Uh, you know, Thomas is we've seen his his Instagram. He's a stylish dude, and I'm glad yeah. that he's carrying forward that flair uh, to the AHL. I hope that that's not uh, qu- you know uh, quelled or quieted by the time we 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 uh, he gets uh, to the NHL. And uh, I like flair. I like style. There's not enough of it in NHL. Too much button down in NHL. Too much. I get it. It's a team sport. You don't want to sound as, as an individual. I get all that. But um, I, I, I like style. I like flair. I like loud. And so uh, props to him for bringing that tonight. And I hope that uh, every time we see him, it's going to be a, a different, uh, uh, different fun look. Big drip Bortolo is coming out of San yep, Jose. Exactly. He's keeping, exactly. He's keeping the style, and he doesn't care what you say. <laughs> I think he had pink laces on his Nikes when he was waiting at the airport. I think I saw the, the picture for Curtis, the, the one that Curtis, or I think he posted on his IG story. But yeah, 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 you know, yeah, yeah. Big drip Bordelos coming in. We're going to make it a hashtag. So, all right. So that's that's our Thomas Bordelo talk there. Loved it. Short, sweet. To the, it's simple. It was nice. Um, really quick before we get into another little meaty portion of this, uh, this episode, I think this is something that the Sharks fans really want to know about as well. Uh, what's the current update on Mushu? <laughs> uh, Mushu's uh, doing well. Uh, Mushu, like we mentioned last week, a uh, week off of the cast, uh, still time to time limping a little bit. So I'm not sure if she's pushing it too much. We're letting her do too much or it's just a natural part of the process, but, uh, she's loving life without the cast. Uh, 
you know, that cast was heavy and, and, and hard for her to deal with. I mean, it's basically she was a three-legged dog who every once in a while could use, uh, was essentially a, a, a kind of a, what is, what is, what is cast made of, you know, that, uh, just a solid kind of peg, that you know, for her to, Paris, to yeah, yeah, plaster, right? Thank you. Yeah, plaster to rest her foot on every once in a while or to use as, uh, to push off of. But, uh, yeah, that was not an easy life for her. Um, but yeah, she, she looks, uh, uh, she, she, she's, she's happy. Uh, uh, she's uh, ready. Uh, like I said, uh, you know, uh, not not healing quickly, uh, but uh, killing uh, uh, happily enough. And yeah, she's doing great. So thank you for asking. Of course, that's why that's why we do this podcast. It's literally just uh, a podcast. We talk about hockey occasionally, but we're really here for the pets. Make sure you yeah, send us you pics know? of your pets. We need it. Starts on a seven game losing streak. I need the serotonin. Send me dog, dog pics. Yeah. <laughs> We need some positivity. <laughs> so, speaking of the Sharks, of course, quick little recap. Seven-game loss. Not a lot of positivity. Everybody's hurt. Shimex playing forward. There's just way too much going on here. But the big yep. thing, the big thing for the Sharks right now that everyone kind of seems to be honing in on and that will be talked about in this offseason more than anything, more than Thomas Bortolo, more than William Eklund, more than whoever the Sharks take it first overall because they're going to win the lottery. We're manifesting that here, by the way. All right. <laughs> the current search for the I don't, new I don't general... believe, Nick. I don't believe. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's just too damn bad. <laughs> the current search for a new general manager. So in typical our luck, as far as timing goes, we release an episode the day one of the biggest news drops were to happen yeah, for the San yeah. Jose Sharks. Yeah, usually put out the tweet like five minutes before the Sharks uh, announced it. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, that was it. <laughs> I put out my tweet about the new episode, and then it was like, oh, by the way, here's a much bigger, more important <laughs> bit of news. And um, can I say, too, if you guys haven't listened to the episode, uh, and, you know, we apologize. We didn't uh, promote it. You know, because there's so much Doug stuff going on, so we didn't have a chance to promote it properly, but Damn, Mike McKenna is is great talking about goaltending. Every comment I've I've read about Mike's uh you know Mike's appearance, uh, those of you who have listened, and thank you for commenting on it. Talk about just how spot on he is, and just you know whether or not uh, uh, he is going to be right about these things. He is a guy that speaks uh, the language of goalie in such a fluent way that you believe everything he says about goaltending. And hey, you know what he has. He has 15 plus years of pro experience. So it's not like he's just, you know, it's just coming out of his ass here, you know? And so anyway, yeah. if you haven't listened to it, listen to it because, uh, uh, he, um, I will say, uh, that, that in my mind, he, he, he gave the, the definitive bit we've had so far, the definitive opinion that we've had so far about Kapo Kakinen and the Sharks goaltending situation, uh, at this point, uh, heading into the off season, my opinion, but, uh, it's the best thing that, that uh, I've read, listened to. Uh, I wish I had written it. Uh, you know, <laughs> I wish I put it behind a paywall. So, 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 yep. so, so you, so you guys, you, so you guys could uh, uh, could have paid for it. But uh, no, uh, he was incredible. And so, anyway, uh, I, 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 I rarely uh, prop up uh, or or uh, sell so hard one of our podcasts. But Mike is amazing. I thought on it. I didn't think he could beat the first time around because we had such a juicy bit. When we had him on talking about Aiden Hill, James Reimer, you know, this is right. fresh, fresh goaltending for the Sharks. We chopped him up something great. He cooked us an amazing podcast dinner. He did. And then he comes in second time around and he's like, oh, by the way, get ready for I didn't make dessert more. last time. Yeah, I didn't even make dessert. Here you go. Bada bing, boom, bap. We got another goaltender to talk about. No, honestly, Mike McKenna, amazing. He is a... Like you said, he is probably the most well-spoken goalie analyst out there, next to Gev, uh, next to Kevin Weeks, honestly. Yeah, and, and yeah, and that, yeah, that's, that's a good, good comparison. Yeah, great comparison there. Yeah, and honestly, if you don't follow him on Twitter, what the hell are you doing? At Mike McKenna fifty six, we're gonna pump his content again because he deserves two plus weeks, if not more, of promotion. So yeah, if you haven't listened, I, go listen. It's not even about I the listen. Go ahead. 
Yeah, like uh, uh, one of the things I kind of allude to on the podcast talking with him, like, look, like I really talk about goaltending because I don't feel like I really have understanding enough of the position. And uh, when mm-hmm. I, if I'm going to talk about something, I like to have like not an expert because I didn't play the game, so I can't pretend to be an expert. But I like to have a, a very developed understanding, the best I can of what I'm talking about, be it uh, the forwards of the Sharks, the defensemen of the Sharks. So, so then when I come out and tell you that, for example, not to – Stir up the hornet's nest, but uh, Nicholas Malosh uh, has been arguably every bit, every every bit as good this season as a Ryan Merkley. <laughs> and when I come at you and tell you that, you know that I can pull up the tape, and and uh, I can uh, maybe you won't believe it, maybe it won't prove it to you, but that that I've done the 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 I can watch, I I understand what I'm watching, and I have the the work to back it up, right? Yeah. Um, I don't have that with goaltending. I don't have that understanding. So that's why I always defer my goaltending opinions. I always uh, uh, farm farm them out to people. <laughs> if you've noticed any, if you noticed my work over the last uh, few years, uh, I uh, I rarely will say anything about the goaltending. I, I farm out the the opinions to scouts, to former goaltending uh, types or guys who are you know who understand goaltending way better than than I do. And so uh, yeah, and you know Mike. Um, just 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 great you know i think uh you know uh, we're, we're lucky to have a relationship there at with them at san jose hockey now where it feels like we have you know mike said that he could not get an nhl goaltending coach uh a position just because he doesn't have that resume he's never been uh, really a goaltending coach yet at uh, i believe at a team level at least i think he does have camps and stuff mm-hmm. uh and that may be the case but it sure feels like we have a goaltending coach uh san jose hockey now goaltending coach that we can uh, speak with or refer to every once in a while. And so I think that that's, uh, you know, a real, uh, uh, just a real uh, plus uh, to just the overall, uh, the bullpen of, of the website that uh, I'm uh, glad to have. Yeah, honestly, Mike McKenna is our uh, goaltending specialist. I can say that confidently. I don't think there's anyone who's more well-versed in the art of goaltending, the technical like the fundamentals, the actual act of goaltending out there. And he says so himself. So as I was going to say before, when we tell you go listen to this episode, this is nothing to do with download numbers for us. This is nothing to do with like, oh, we want to push this episode because of this or that. We just want you guys to truly understand and appreciate just how great Mike McKenna did for, for not just us, but for you guys, for all the listeners listening right now. He comes on the show to do this because he loves doing it and because – he wants you guys to be able to share. He wants to be able to share his wealth of knowledge with all of our listeners. So, hey, we want to take a quick break to thank this week's sponsor, DraftKings Sportsbook. Hockey fans feel the action on the ice like never before with DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NHL. Right now, new customers can bet just $1 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. And don't worry, if Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still hit the ice for cold hard cash. All new customers can make their first deposit and play free for thousands with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contests. Just draft your lineup of eight skaters and a goalie and rack up points for goals, assists, saves, and more. It's simple. Just download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN, bet just $1 on any NHL team to win, and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NHL. 21 or older only. Restrictions apply. See our show notes for details. Wrap up the five-minute little Mike McKenna love sesh we had there. No problem. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, as we were saying before, the biggest piece of news that's going to be kind of surrounding the Sharks for the coming months is the GM vacancy. And that was the the bit of news that we uh, missed out on as far as, like, timing goes. But as with everything, we we cover the entirety of the Sharks, and we're going to cover this as well, at least this first week so far. If anything, we... We've gotten a bit of an advantage from those who, who've gotten that initial reaction out of the way. Like a lot of us had the same reaction. Uh, big thank you to Doug Wilson for his time. Hope everything is going well for him health wise. I think 
I'm not alone when I say that that's the most important factor currently right now is making sure that he gets healthy. Um, I'm a family man. I know how much family means to Doug. Um, and I know that it matters more than anything, especially a, a job, a career, what, whatever it might be. And, and the thing that you, in your second love, you know, um, mm -hmm. but family matters the most. And I'm, I'm happy that he is seeing that he needs to take the time to make sure that he gets himself healthy because uh, I'm sure Doug Jr. would agree with me when I tell him that, you know, we want Doug around as long as possible to enjoy as many memories as possible with dad. So get healthy, Doug, and stay healthy. Um, so just wanted to kind of kick things off with that. Now, back to the shark side of it. Doug Wilson steps down as GM. Bit of a surprise. Uh, maybe not to the Sharks front office. Maybe this has been kind of going on for a little bit, but Well, surprise. no. Uh, John the Becker said that uh, um, he believed up to, you know, a week or so or a few days before uh, Doug officially stepped down that the thought was still that Doug was going to return. It uh, just uh, was not a matter of, uh, uh, of if, but when. That's what Jonathan said. And so if you mm. take that, you know, even though uh, his health hasn't been great uh, since he stepped down, um, there's, yeah, there's a belief that he was going to come back. Gotcha. So it is fairly surprising to most parties involved that this happened. I think so. I think so. Uh, at least over the, uh, the course of, you know, if you want to go back to two weeks ago, what everybody was thinking at least. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure they had the thought that, hey, you know what? There's a possibility he doesn't come back, but we're working under the assumption that he does. So maybe first things first, though, with the Sharks, and they came out and said it instantly. The new general manager is not going to initiate a rebuild. The, this GM will have to take on the fact that there's not going to be a rebuild here for the Sharks. They're going to stay competitive. So correct me if I'm wrong here, Shang. That's that's the premise. The the, the person who steps in to be or who gets hired for this job or gets promoted into this job, they are not going to have the liberty to initiate a rebuild on this team. Yeah, no, uh, that's uh, why I titled my art, my first article about uh, Doug Wilson stepping down. The Sharks aren't rebuilding because yeah. I, I wanted to make that very clear uh, to all the readers and fans out there, uh, wherever you sit on that fence, um, that uh, that is not happening. Um, and I think, um, that it's been made, uh, even more clear by insiders like, you know, if you don't believe me, if you don't believe Jonathan Becker, if you don't believe Joe Will, uh, you can read, uh, anything that Pierre Lebrun or Elliot Friedman have said, uh, about, uh, what's going on with the Sharks and mm -hmm. exactly what they, what, what they say. And it's, it's not as if. You know, Doug Wilson had a lot of latitude at Sharks GM, right? So, yeah. um, so whoever comes in, I from uh, from what uh, I believe it was Friedman who said it was that that, say, that, that Sharks GM is going to have a lot of latitude, but it has to have, but it's going to be that latitude within the idea that you're trying to win. Yeah, you're not trying to to rebuild, and. Um, <clears throat> Doesn't mean that you don't do anything with these contracts here, um, but the eye is still toward winning immediately. So I guess that's one thing to 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 keep in mind. You know, Doug Wilson was able to buy out Martin Jones's contract. Uh, I think that Doug Wilson could could make a, a competitive argument for getting rid of this or that big contract, be it Vlasic or Burns or whatever. But if it's in the service of making a team a winning team. Then, then Hustle Partner will have no issue with it. Yeah. Um, and so I believe the new GM will have that kind of space to to make a decision like that, possibly. But again, though, yeah, the the, the, the team is not rebuilding. Uh, but it doesn't mean that the new GM coming in is going to be at the whim of of Hustle Partner or a Jonathan Becker or a Joe Will or whatever. Um, just that the new GM has to present a plan and idea of just how to get the Sharks team back into contention immediately. 
you know, how, however, however that happens. And yeah. so uh, if you're a, a prospective GM and you're presenting uh, to the, to the Sharks, actually your plan is what you're doing isn't going to be Dadcast a couple months ago when uh, we did a hypothetical podcast on how we would sell Tomas Hurdle on staying with the Sharks. That's basically what you're going to be doing. You're going to be presenting a plan and and what you're going to do to manufacture some cap space to get more out of uh, out of uh, the, the the players that you have, the players that you you can't do much with. Um, possibly, I do. Now, the more I hear about it, it is possible, you know, um, if you listen to Joe Will, you think that Bob Bogner's job is safe, um, but maybe a new GM can convince um, everybody that the way to go to get the most out of the players is a new coach. And in that case, then uh, I can see, uh, I can, I can, I can see uh, uh, Bob's life uh, being, uh, being a little short there. And I have a bet uh, that you guys may have seen on Twitter with uh, one of our listeners uh, D. Smizman, I don't know if you saw this, Nick. Uh, D. Smizman said to me uh, on Twitter, um, "I will give a hundred dollars to your tip jar if uh, if Bob is still the Sharks' head coach uh, to start next season." Ooh, and I took that bet. Um, but the more I think about it now, though, I'm not I'm not going back on the bet. Uh, what D. Smithson wants from me, if uh, if I lose the bet, if Bob is let go, I guess sometime this off season, uh, is he wants a much drunker episode than the uh, kind of buzzed one I did, and I think I was in L.A. Oh, he wants drunk Pang. Yes, he wants <laughs> drunk Pang. So, so uh, I don't mind doing that in the off season. That's in the summer. That that's fine. Oh well, yeah. Anyway, well, yeah. No, that'll be in season because we'll. We won't know yeah, about we watching. won't know Bob until gets, the start. <laughs> well, no, well, Bob could get let go sooner than later. So, um, so yeah, so even though I have been a Bob supporter, and I've always pointed out that the team continues to play hard under him, which I think is a big factor and shows that the team is still, you know, trying and they're buying in, they're doing their best, and just the, you know, talent, the bounces aren't there, right? Um. I can see a new GM as part of their plan and part of what they convince uh, the Sharks of is that they have another coach out there that can bring out that extra uh, 1%. And in that case, I do see that conceivably. I just, uh, yeah, uh, I just something that I just sort of uh, occurred to me over the last couple of days and doing the research for the GM article that I bought, or I'm sorry, that I, I wrote, that, um, that, yeah, I mean, where, where else can the Sharks improve? with limited cap space, uh, with a uh, uh, farm system that is still uh, trying to get it, get its way back to uh, to being a top, top farm system. Uh, you know, a lot of question marks basically all around the Sharks organization. And that is one place where, uh, again, uh, I think, uh, I think, uh, I think that Bob O'Rourke has done a good job. And Joe spoke positively about Joe Will spoke positively about Bob Will in that press conference and focused on, I think the 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 thing that Bob has has kept up with the Sharks even in this seven game losing streak. But uh, Joe Will talked about the compete level in that Edmonton game and guys blocking shots and all that stuff uh, for a team that's out of the playoffs, well, well out of the playoffs, and even more so out of the playoffs uh, since the Edmonton game. Um, but again. A new GM, yeah, may have a, a different idea about that. That's interesting because when we were talking about this before, I also thought of the idea of, you know, is Bob's job at risk? Um, and if if he were to get let go and the Sharks were to go a, a, a different direction with the similar type of extensive head coach search involving the new GM, I, I, I assume at this point, you know, this question that I have right now will then be asked at a later date involving the head coach. So you've kind of outlined or we, we've outlined, uh, outlined essentially what this GM is going to be walking into whoever they may be. And yeah. 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 I've, I was going to ask it more direct, but I don't mm -hmm. think it's fair this early in the process, especially just because of, it's just a rumor mill right now, obviously. Sure. I was going to ask you who would want to inherit this this team. 
but I want to kind of narrow it down to what type of candidate. And I think that makes it a, a little bit more specific and sure. less direct per person. But what type of candidate would want to inherit this obviously bad Sharks team? They haven't made the playoffs in four years. They've got bad contracts. Three years. Three, three years. years. Let's, let's, not, let's not disparage them beyond. <laughs> it feels like an eternity, Shang. Yes. It feels like 44 years, right? Yes. So. Um, but they also and have to have the job. Yeah. <laughs> they have to have the job of getting this team back to the playoffs. Like, So what type of candidate would want to inherit this? Mm-hmm. Well, um, I, I, the better way I can answer it is, is, is what the candidate needs to show the Sharks. And, I mean, there's going to be a lot of candidates that, that still want the shop. It's an NHL GM job. There's only 32 of them. And, um, you know, if you get to a high level in your profession, uh, I think a lot of times, right, you always think that you're the one that can figure it out. Um, well, when you're on the outside and you're not being asked to interview for the job or you don't get it, you're like, well, that's, that situation is impossible, right? But if it's offered mm-hmm. to you, then you might think, well, how – can I get the Sharks to win now? At least you'll put your mind to it, right? And yeah. so, obviously, that's the the number one thing that's that's crystal clear. I don't think there's any really uh, uh, maybe you know maybe Becker gave a little equivocation to it, and you can see that in the story I wrote about it. But really, more or less, though, uh, it is unequivocal that the Sharks are not rebuilding and they want to win. So, if you want the shop, then you need to present a, a reasonable plan for that. And a, a plan that um, maybe has some different layers that they hadn't thought of, that a Joe Will, that a uh, Jonathan Becker hadn't thought of. That's what I kind of find funny about their search, too. This kind of reminds me of sort of uh, uh, when you do a, a wide search for whatever you want in your company. And this is a, a chance to, to uh, I'm not going to say that this is what they're doing, but this is a chance to uh, pilfer ideas, too, while you're at it. So. <laughs> so get some good ideas from uh, from outside uh, outside the, the normal sharks uh, scope, and uh, maybe carry them forward even if you don't hire the guy. So, uh, but anyway though, um, so yeah, so that's number one. You need to um, believe that you can get the sharks team to win. Doesn't mean that you think that this is the number best course for the sharks. So it wouldn't really surprise me if we really talked to Doug Wilson and, and got his thoughts about what the what he should have done in the last couple of years. And uh, I've always said that if rebuilding was easy, he would have done it. And that's, I, I do believe that. It's not easy. Yeah. And, um, and so I think in that scenario, though, and with the owner that totally wants to win, that, okay, so maybe, so maybe he's going to do his best in this situation, you know? Because it wasn't going to be easy for him to just – if rebuilding is easy, then winning is kind of easier, too. Because you can, you know, you can build back up quickly in a way, you know? Uh, yeah. But – you know, that was not the situation that Doug Wilson had uh, in front of him. Um, so anyway, if you got the truth from Doug Wilson, what he thought was best over the last year or so, I actually wouldn't surprise me if he said, yeah, you know, um, if if that was really available to me to to, to rebuild and, uh, and the ownership wanted that, then yeah, uh, all things being equal, I might have done that. It really wouldn't surprise me because, look, Doug Wilson is a smart hockey man, and I don't think that I don't think that uh, he's seeing anything differently than the rest of the hockey world is really seeing. And uh, most of the hockey world, at least, that believes that uh, that's sort of where the Sharks should be heading more toward instead of, um, you know, trying to win, you know. Uh, but anyway, though, um, so they need somebody that, that, can, that, that, can, uh, that can execute that plan of trying to win, number one. Um, Ellie Freeman said something really interesting that I hadn't really considered that – uh, the Sharks want somebody that is comfortable public facing. And uh, that's in part to, you know, sell the sport to the Bay Area, uh, area that is still not fully embracing uh, of, of hockey, uh, especially when you get outside of San Jose, when you talk about Oakland and San Francisco and all that stuff, right, Marin County. And anyway, um, so they want somebody who's comfortable with that spotlight. Um, not necessarily, you know, it's not like, the, like Doug Wilson was, talking with the media every day or whatever. His face was out there all the time. But, you know, Doug was never shy to make a public appearance on behalf of the Sharks uh, or, you know, to, to, to speak when it was more of a not the nitty-gritty of, 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 of team construction and giving away, like, secrets or whatever, right? Uh, but in terms of just the promotion of the Sharks, right? 
And so it needs to be somebody who is very uh, comfortable in, in, in that sense. Uh, my, now we'll get into a little bit of my personal opinion. I haven't fully fleshed it out yet, so I might retract and come back to this later. Um, but um, I'm under the, the thought that the, the Sharks may be looking for somebody that can um, basically fill the gap that's missing with the Doug Wilson. And not necessarily hire Doug Wilson, you know, a guy exactly like him, but uh, but you can see actually in even that 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 point about the Sharks on somebody somebody public facing, they liked what Doug did uh, in that in that area. Well, yeah, so they're just trying to basically fill Doug Doug Wilson's role right there, right? Kind of right, uh, or fill who Doug Wilson was, right? And so you know, what else did Doug Wilson bring to the table? Maybe this is what they're looking for too, you know. Maybe somebody with some angel playing experience, that kind of player's experience, right? That uh, that voice, right, is not there at top of the Sharks organization, at least, right? If you talk about the decision makers over the last few years, um, Doug Wilson Jr., uh, Tim Burke, uh, Joe Will, right, were some of the big uh, voices, right? Um, none of these guys played in the, in the NHL. Uh, now we're talking about the, uh, you know, above, or not above those guys, but part and parcel with those guys too, uh, in terms of um, uh, part of the Sharks management, Jonathan Becker, Hasso Plotner, obviously no playing experience there. And so will there be some value to a guy that has a lot of, uh, uh, a lot, a long relationship with NHL players and maybe played the game uh, or coached it? Um, I don't know. You know, again, it's me speculating because they say that they're looking for anybody. You know, it doesn't matter your background or whatnot, but if you look at sort of how the Sharks are are, are built right now, uh, they're kind of the, 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 the big wigs of the Sharks, so to speak, right? Like above just the, you know, the typical scout or whatever, right? But the decision makers, right? And what they're missing and what Doug brought to that table, brought to the table there. Um, that kind of, uh, you know, true life um, direct, you know, uh, yeah. uh, a player uh, experience is, isn't there. Um, and so that's, that's, that's a thought that I may, you know, they may give that a little more weight, you know, uh, if, you know, all things being, uh, being equal. Um, so yeah, I think, I think those, those are, those are, those are a couple of things I, I, I think, uh, that stand out to me that, that my guess is, uh, what we can gather by what they've said already. And yeah, some of the insider stuff that uh, Elliot Freeman has, you know, we start to shape. Maybe, uh, maybe uh, a candidate uh, for the Sharks. All right, you heard it here. They're looking for anybody. So all you armchair GMs, go over to Indeed.com, submit your resume to the San Jose Sharks. As to why well, it sounds to be more be. like they're looking for Doug Wilson again. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there, there's already been a lot of names that have been kind of thrown out there, Shane. You know, Mercury News cited guys like Sean Burke, Eric Tolsky, even Kevin Weeks, Scott mm-hmm. Nickel. Uh, you released an article today, um, the 13th of April, by the way, didn't note that earlier, uh, for San Jose Hockey Now subscribers. And you kind of threw your hat into the rumor mill with Jeff Gordon. So give us some details on why you bring Jeff up into the mix. Sure. Well, uh, I want to be very clear that uh, I'm not bringing him into the mix right now. Uh, so yeah. the article, and I'll give a little bit of it, is that the Sharks wanted to hire Jeff over the summer when he was still unemployed. The Rangers had let him go. And Jeff, of course, is credited as the primary architect of the Rangers rebuild that appears to be going very successfully, obviously, this year. And Jeff isn't a part of it anymore, but he's given a lot of the credit for uh, putting the pieces in place that Chris Drury and Gerard Gallant could uh, you know, could uh, could uh, flourish off of. Um, so anyway, the the sharks uh, wanted to bring him in. Uh, he said no. Um, and I don't know why he said no. Uh, but my just a guess. Uh, is that in that situation, I don't know if he would have been sort of given the 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 keys. You know, to be the the primary decision maker, like he is in Montreal right now. And uh, because back in the summer, uh, Doug Wilson was still there, of course. And I, they're not, I don't know if they had a sense then that, that Doug, you know, there were issues with Doug and his health. And that might be some something to uh, worry about. But um, anyway, uh, he said no. 
And so I think that's really interesting, though, because uh, that could give a sense for the kind of guy that they are looking for right now. Um, you know, back then it might have been somebody to kind of uh, uh, pair with Doug Wilson, maybe succeed Doug Wilson. I really don't know. Um, but uh, that might give a sense of, of somebody with maybe uh, the background and the ability to be public facing and a guy that could have the ideas too, different ideas to kind of bring the Sharks uh, back uh, back to the prominence that uh, Hassel, you know, really wants to bring him back to. And for 49ers fans, that's the Adam Peters to your John Lynch type of reference there, that executive of, uh, you know, player operations that has certain leeway with draft or stuff like that. 49ers fans know what I'm talking about when I mention Adam Peters and just how uh, pivotal he's been in drafting certain 49er football players, so that type of role essentially, right? Uh, Shang, you keep bringing up the same, the same theme here, and it's like mm-hmm. a front-facing GM. So the the quote that we're talking about with Friedman uh, on the podcast with Jeff Merrick is quote: "Whoever is hired as their general manager is going to have to be willing to be public." End quote. He goes on to then say, "Quote." San Jose has indicated if you're someone who doesn't like or want that spotlight, this job is not going to be for you, end quote. So this is basically a guy, saying that is not just going to be a public face. And so I, I bring this up because the, the name that I'm seeing m- being mentioned a little bit more often than others is Ned Coletti, who is currently a Sharks scout. So do you think there's a shot? that Ned moves beyond scouting for the Sharks and into that GM role that he's more familiar with. And for those that don't know about Ned, Ned was in the GM role, whether it be an assistant general manager or general manager, from 1997 to 2014 with both the San Francisco Giants and the Los Angeles Dodgers. So this is a guy who's definitely, those are humongous baseball markets. Those are those are very, especially the Dodgers. Those are big big uh, media present always in like you're in the thick of it all the time uh, as far as uh, front facing front office I would say Uh, so do you think Shane there's a shot that he moves beyond scouting and into that role for GM well let's look first at sort of how he fits right Uh, what we know right and um, I don't think there's any doubt that he is going to try to carry forward with the plan to win uh, I, I don't think there's any quite, you know, he's, he's been scouting for the Sharks for the last three years. So that's the, that's always been the guys that he's been working under, under Doug Wilson. Um, he's definitely a very public facing guy. Um, during the off season, uh, I think he just retired this season from it, but he's been a, a sports net, uh, the Dodgers um, uh, analyst, uh, I'm not sure TV analyst, like not, not in game, but uh, uh, maybe the pregame show or something like that. So uh, he's a guy that's, uh, you know, if you if you're in LA at all too, you always hear him on the radio or, or, or whatnot. So very comfortable being public facing and at speaking uh, to um, one fan or a thousand fans or ten thousand fans. So so yeah, so he's definitely your man there too. Um, you know what I said about a, a guy with that uh, obviously that, that NHL experience. Uh, Ned doesn't have that obviously. Uh, Ned. Uh, the Sharks uh, three years ago, I believe. And so he was a, a journalist uh, covering the Flyers, actually. That was uh, his first, I think, major job. And so um, he loves hockey. Um, but, of course, he's not a hockey Hall of Famer like a Doug Wilson, obviously. And so, and so yeah, uh, so those are a couple of things. But definitely he, hits, he does hit a couple of those, uh, those, uh, those uh, boxes. And funny enough, you ask about Ned Coletti, actually, because I actually spoke with Ned today uh, for a different story. Um, and I don't want to give away the, the story. Uh, I think it's going to be an interesting one. But I will say I did ask him directly. And, you know, of course, you know, he is very sensitive. Doug Wilson is a great friend of his, has been friends with him for 30 years. And so he doesn't want and I don't want to give any impression that he's looking to take the old job. Um, and that's, yeah, that, that's not, that's not there when I, when I spoke with him at all, 
But nonetheless, though, it is a fair question. And I think he understood as a former, former journalist himself that I've asked that because he it's out there. And Ned uh, has been a GM for obviously a different sport. But also, too, if you're the Sharks and you talk about bringing in a different voice and uh, but still still a voice that you might have confidence in that can lead you to to uh, to to win again. A guy like Nick Colletti does make some sense in that way. You know, he's different enough, but he knows what it's like to be in a GM chair uh, mm-hmm. in, the, in, in the big chair, which none of the guys at the Sharks right now have that experience. Um Anyway, uh, anyway, I saw, I saw, I saw, I, I, it was a very fair to ask him. I had to ask him uh, if he had any interest in the, in the job, or and not necessarily in the Sharks' job. Because I don't want to put it that way. Put him in that spot, you know, to make it look like he wants Doug's own job. Because again, that is not uh, anything that we talked about that that he was talking about. But yeah, um, I asked him, would he be interested in an NHL GM job? Because um, obviously he was a baseball GM for those years that you mentioned for a long time. He got into, uh, uh hockey, uh, uh, recently, uh, at least into the, 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 the work side of it. And, um, yeah, so let's cut to the chase then. Uh, I asked Ned, uh, would he be interested in an NHL GM job in the future? And what he said was that whatever the San Jose Sharks wanted to do, whatever, uh, he could do the help the organization he would do. So that's a very all around answer. He didn't not answer and didn't answer at the exact same time. There it seems. <laughs> Exactly. So make of that what you will. Um, but uh, I, I thought that that, that was a very uh, carefully uh, uh, orchestrated, carefully thought out question uh, or sorry, thought out answer on, on his part. Um, Shang, that seems like the type of answer a former GM would give. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So somebody who knows uh, what to say when uh, posed a direct question like that. <laughs> gotcha. So, I mean, what this kind of tells me, though, is that not, not just about Ned, but just in general, is that the Sharks, um, the Sharks are truly are open to expanding the horizons to instead of just opening up the GM carousel for Peter Shirelli or whoever to come in and, and take the reins to possibly innovate and bring in someone that's going to provide a new and fresh perspective to help get this team back on the correct track. And that's on the way to the playoffs. Um, so yeah, so that's what the Sharks say that they're going to do. They're going to really look at different candidates. Doesn't matter your background. Doesn't matter if you have a hockey background, whatever, right? That's what they say. Uh, but let's see what they actually do when we actually hear about the candidates that they've actually spoken to. So, uh, will they speak with the Ned Coletti, uh, out of the box guy like that, a baseball GM? Uh, will they speak with a, I'm going to butcher her name and I apologize, but the Vancouver Canucks assistant, uh, GM, uh, uh, Emma Lay, uh, uh <laughs> well, anyway, you know what I'm talking about. I will, I apologize for that. I'm going to learn how to say her name, uh, right after this, this podcast. But you know what I mean about uh, if they're really serious about talking with people beyond, like you say, that beyond the, the, the kind of the typical. And they, they may end up hiring uh, sort of a uh, guy who's been around the carousel before. Uh, Jeff Merrick mentioned uh, John Ferguson Jr., former GM of the Maple Leafs, uh, also was uh, director of scouting, I believe, for the Sharks under Doug Wilson. And so that may not be the most inspiring of hires, but maybe that's where they end up with. Maybe who, that's where they believe is the best to lead them back to the promised land. But hopefully at least, though, that they really do go through this process uh, as sort of thoroughly and seriously that they've at least tried to project it to us that, yeah, we're going to talk to a lot of people. We don't care how long it takes. Uh, Friedman mentioned uh, up to the final after the final is fine. It's there's no hurry to get this settled before the draft. Um, John and Becker said when I asked them that, yeah, preferably before the beginning of the season. So that's a timeline to give. Uh, but it didn't sound again that it's yeah, we got to get this done before the draft. We got to get this done before this because they trust you know how they draft the people they have in place for that, be it Doug Wilson Jr. or Tim Burke. 
Um, so anyway, so there's a lot of time for them to talk to a lot of different people. And so, yeah, curious to see uh, when that starts to leak. And I'm going to dig into the, to, to leaking a few of those my, uh, myself. All right. Can't wait to... Uh... Can't wait to spring all the leaks here on San Jose Hockey now and, and dig into it as much as possible. But as as far as this episode goes, I think we're pretty much wrapped up as far as catching up on this last week's excitement. Um, Shang, if there's anything else you got for the folks, we're going to go ahead and give them the old signature sign-off. Sure thing. Uh, yeah, we'll just uh, uh, find my uh, find my work at San Jose Hockey now or NBC Sharks on Twitter at Shang underscore Peng. Uh, like I mentioned, I spoke with Ned Kalei today. Have an interesting piece uh, with him coming out. Oh, I have, actually haven't put this out at, uh, at the website yet. I may put it out tomorrow. Um, if you have any questions for Kapo uh, uh, Kakinen, uh, doing a subscriber Q&A, just like we did with Jasper Weatherby a few months ago, Kapo uh, uh, was kind enough to uh offer his time for that and he's a guy that we don't know a lot we haven't talked with very much uh so far since he's been uh, since he's landed in san jose and so any questions for him i'm going to put up an article where you can drop uh your questions uh, for capo uh, right then right there and uh, we'll talk with him uh, next week um uh, get get the q a uh, with him next week um uh, so that's a couple of the exciting things that we have uh, coming up at uh, san jose hockey now all right folks you heard it Go drop your questions in for Capo Kakinen. And of course, as always, this is Nick Floor signing off, making sure you all stay safe and stay hydrated. Mm-hmm.